Wow, uh, I, I really like this uh, sort of intimate uh, praise band format here today. It's just, it's just been really cool. I just praise God for uh, the folks who lead us in worship. And um, wow, sing Alleluia. Um, that's, uh, that's our prayer. It's our, our privilege to uh, do that uh, each day. Uh, what a privilege. Uh, let's just pray. God, thank you that we get to sing of your infinite love. Sing to the Father above. Sing Alleluia. 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 We worship you. We offer ourselves to you afresh today. We open your word today. We pray that you will speak to us through it. We pray that you will encourage us, challenge us, grow us. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Well, if you'll open up your uh, Bibles today to 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. It's towards the back. And uh, it's on page 1101 in my Bible. I'm not sure about yours, but I know it's there. Unless you have some kind of weird Bible, so which I'm sure you don't. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 11. Here we go. This is Paul speaking to Timothy, who's a young pastor, and uh, he is um, uh, writing to him, encouraging him. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. Rather, they try to please their commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying for the Lord will give you insight into all this. This is God's word for us today. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for how it speaks to us. And may we be changed today because of our interaction with your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, we've been uh, on our sale theme here for, uh, this is our fifth week. It's uh, Seek Jesus, activate your faith, invest in God's mission, love completely. You're going to hear me say that a lot. I'll keep on saying that. Kristen will keep on saying that. We believe this is what God is calling us to do. And in many ways, it's nothing new. It's in many ways just what God has been calling us to do all the time and what churches have been working hard to do in various ways. And yet, in a certain sense, it's, it's, it's something new. It's a, a new paradigm and... Um, so we want to uh, live into that. You know, the, the boat is uh, still in our gallery, and, um, but this is the last week. It's, it's heading out this week, and you may have noticed it's turned the other way. It's facing outwards. It's, it's uh, heading out there. We're going to um, begin working to uh, live into this. Four weeks ago, uh, we introduced this theme, and I talked to you about McDonald's. Remember that? Making burgers and how uh, I was apprenticed in that fine art by some person that I don't remember. <laughs> um, 
and they taught me how to make burgers, and I was able to teach other people how to make burgers. And we talked about how that's like discipleship and not leaving discipleship to chance, not just saying, you know, you really ought to go out there and be discipled someday. You really ought to go out there and work at McDonald's and make a burger. Good luck. Have a nice day. And not help you know how to do that. And so we said we don't want to leave discipleship to chance. And we said this great quote from Mike Breen, who's a pastor, who said, when you make a church, sometimes you get disciples. But when you make disciples, you always get the church. I'll say that again. It's such a powerful quote. When you make a church, sometimes you get disciples. But when you make disciples, you always get the church. The next week we looked at Seek Jesus we talked about the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. And you remember the lost sheep was one of 99, it was one of 100. 99 were, were fine, but the lost sheep was just that one. And the lost uh, coin was one of 10. And the lost son was one of two. And in each one of those, as Jesus tells the next story and the next story, he ramps up sort of the, the, the ante, ante's up. And yet at the same time, we know from the very beginning, even from the very first story, that even just one sheep is precious to God. And we talked about how lost people matter to God, and therefore they matter to us. And so we want to work hard at developing more ways for lost people to connect to Jesus uh, through this faith community. And uh, we talked about how uh, Andrew says to his brother Peter, come and see, come and see what I found. We found the Messiah. We think this guy is the real deal. Come and see. Then we talked about activate your faith. Do what the Word of God says. Don't just listen to it. Do it. And remember, we talked about flossing, didn't we, Joe? Yes. The dentist is always happy about this. We talked about flossing. I haven't got my kickback yet. I'm waiting for it. <clears throat> and we talked about how it, follow me, follow me. Jesus says to uh, the disciples who are uh, in their boats, they're not disciples yet. He says, you want to you wanna talk about abundant life? You want to live abundant life? Follow me. Follow me. Hang out with me. And uh, we talked about how uh, that gets translated in our lives is grow spiritually. Do stuff that grows you. And it's, and it's, it's all things that should sound pretty familiar to us. Uh, come to worship. Uh, be involved in, in, in focusing our lives on, on Christ once a week and saying we ought to worship God. We're going to worship something this week. How about it be God? And, uh, and uh, get involved in a small group. Help other people grow you spiritually and read your Bible and take communion and pray with people and you know all the, find a place to serve and learn how to give and all these things which grow us spiritually. So this is, this is sort of the phase, the activate your Faith phase is the phase that we're really used to in the church. It feels pretty normal. We're supposed to do what God calls us to do. Next is invest in God's mission. And here from the book of Luke, we talked about Peter letting Jesus use his boat. Jesus says, you, you fish for, pe for uh, fish, Peter? I'll, I'll help you fish for people. I'll make you a fisher of human beings. And... Uh, why don't you, when you follow me, you want to be all in, Peter? You want more than just kind of listening to me once in a while, teach, but you really want to follow me all completely? You, then I'll, I'll, you, you do that, and I'll help you invest even more. Uh, Kristen, that week, quoted Tom Landry, Tom Landry uh, the, um, 
uh, great coach from the Dallas Cowboys. My job is to help guys do something they don't want to do in order to help them accomplish something they've wanted to do their whole lives. And of course, what he's saying is nobody wants to get up in the morning and hit the weight room or get out on the gridiron and hit the blocks, put on the equipment, run the sprints, do the hard work. That's the hard stuff. And Landry says, my job is to make them do the hard stuff so that what will happen, and they don't want to do it, but if I can get them to do it, what will happen is that they will get the accomplishment that they've wanted their whole lives to stand on the the field and the Super Bowl and know that they're Super Bowl champions. That's, That's huge. And that's exactly what Jesus calls us to do. He says, if you want to follow me, if you want to become a fisher of people, if you want to be a person who's all in, I can help you do that, but you're going to have to do stuff that you probably don't want to do. Like, you know, get trained to be a discipler. Like, show up to worship. Like, read your Bible. Like, oh, isn't those the fundamentals? That's right. And what does every coach say? What does every coach say? We got to go back to the fundamentals. We got to get back and do the hard stuff. Why? Because doing the hard stuff the basic stuff is what actually grows you into a great team. And that's, that's the call here, that we would be folks who would be doing the fundamentals and that we would be learning, learning to become disciplers, people who uh, get trained, get apprenticed to be disciplers. It's the hard work that oftentimes we don't want to do, but which will produce an abundant life that is awesome. And today we're going to talk about uh, the final phase, uh, love completely and what that means. As we head towards that, I just want to uh, remind you of the colors that are outside. Uh, just, it's been amazing. I think this week has really uh, been peak. Um, and, and I heard this on the radio the other day and I was like, oh, I knew that. But I had forgotten it. It's so cool. Those colors in those trees are there all year long. That is the actual color of those trees all year long. But it's masked by the chlorophyll that's in the leaves that is uh, making the food that's growing the tree. It's masked, but that's really what the tree is. That's really the color of the tree, and I love that because it's, it's, it's like it speaks of the the extravagance of God. God is just pouring out extravagant love and hope and grace into our lives constantly. But, but oftentimes it's sort of in a hidden way. It's sort of in a covered way. It's not in a like show up on your front doorstep and there's God saying, I've got stuff for you. It's, it's quiet. It's subtle. But it's the kind of stuff that, that one day when we wake up and the chlorophyll's out of the leaf and we go, that's the color of the tree? We say, could it be this good? And the answer is yes. And that's exactly what God wants for us. He says, I want it to be this good for you. This is really the color that it is. And I I love that. That's how much God loves us. It's a huge, extravagant grace that God pours onto us. And, And I think about love completely, and I think it's all based in God. God is the one that loves us completely and calls us, therefore, to love completely in response. And, of course, how do we do that? We share an encouraging word, or maybe we bring a meal to someone or share a meal with someone, take someone out to to lunch or something and, and, and love on them or, or uh, help others, uh, serve people in some way. Those are all great ways that we love. And, and I want to suggest to you another 
way that we love, that we call completely normal for loving, is that we want to share our lives with people. We want to share the good things of our lives with people. If you happen to be a parent, you want to share the good stuff that you have that you've learned with your children. Or if you're a Uh, a neighbor and there's uh, kids next door, you might want to share some of the good things that you have in your life with those kids. Or maybe you go down and uh, um, um, help at the school volunteer or something like that. We share our lives with others. And families, dynasties of families are famous for passing on the good stuff that has happened to them to, their, uh, to the next generation. So if we take a look here, here's the, a picture of the Rockefeller family. And uh, what do they have? Well, they had a whole lot of money, friends, a whole lot of money that came from oil and from banking, and they didn't just uh, keep it in one generation. They passed it to the next generation and to the next generation, etc. Next picture is a picture of the Kennedys. This is a uh, family that passed on from generation to generation uh, the, the money and also the power of uh, democratic politics. Uh, And the next photo is a picture of the bushes. I couldn't go in one direction and not go the other. Come on, friends. Come on, I understand. I I get it. We're all, and I know, we're all over the place here. Um, The the bushes. Here is another great family with passing power and uh, and money uh, and politics onto their families. Family dynasties are are really powerful. You want to pull up that next shot? Here's Here's a dynasty right here. You like that? There we go. That's a family that's passing on certain uh, values and uh, elements to uh, the next generation. I got to tell you, true story, true story. <laughs> I walk into the gas station yesterday in Fredonia. I'm filling up my, my van, and uh, the, the slip didn't come out, of the, um, out on, at the pump, and so I have to go in and get my slip. I'm waiting in line. And there's this song on the radio. Now, some of you, if you're country music fans, you might know this song. It's all about a guy who's sitting in his duck blind and, and sun goes on down about 9 o'clock. And he's got all these rhymes and, and everything. And he's saying, I, I want you to come out and hang out in the duck blind with me. Okay, it's kind of romantic. At the same moment that this song is on, this guy walks into the, to the store. He's got camo on the top and he, he's got his... Uh, hunting license on the back, and he's got like this full ghillie suit on the bottom, like uh, on the lower. He's obviously been in the duck blind or the tree stand, and I'm looking at him, and everyone's like, wow. And I'm thinking, the music is playing. I'm like, am I in a country music video? <laughs> like, if there was a hidden camera, there'd be a whole bunch of people going, like, while this guy walks in and the music plays. And I thought, wow, this is, that's, I just had to share that. It was, it was so good. <laughs> Dynasties. We all pass something on to uh, the next generation. Well, we, if we talk about love completely, love completely, how, how would we do that? What could it possibly mean to love completely, to pass on to others the kind of love that God has passed on to us? And it makes me think of Mark chapter 12, the great commandment, where a teacher of the law says to Jesus, what do you say is the most important commandment in the Bible, in the Old Testament? And Jesus answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. It's pretty simple. Love God and love people. And I love that what, what, the, what the guy says to him. He says, okay, wow, you, you've, you've got it. You've nailed it. 
You, you know this, and, and he even, he, this is huge for a Jewish first century teacher to say this. He says, it's more important to do that even than to make right sacrifice. That's a huge thing for him to say. His whole life has been focused around the idea of making sacrifices at the temple. But he knows that all of that is just so that there might that's like a tangible reminder of the love of God. He understands that the love of God and the love of your neighbor is what that is representing. He gets it. He gets it. And Jesus says to him, wow, you are close to the kingdom of heaven. I hope Jesus says that to you and me. That you are close to the kingdom of heaven. In fact, you are in the kingdom of heaven because you are following me, says Jesus. Well, what greater love could there be than love for God and love of people? And how could we love God in a better way than to say, my whole life is given over to him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, my lifestyle is going to be focused around following God. I'm going to be a person who is, is just shaping my life around following God. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, some verses 11, 12, and 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people, that's us, for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up so that, that we all might be built up. So each one of us does our part. It builds us up as a body until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God so that we might be unified around our faith in Christ and our knowledge of, of who he is and who God is, and become mature so that we might be unified and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, there is tons in there, but essentially what he's saying is become a follower of God, become a person who is, is, is built up in the faith, made mature, and if you play your part and everybody plays their part, there will be a, a, a growth and a maturity of the body which is powerful. And guess what? That also means if I don't play my part and you don't play your part, there's a certain compromising of that maturity of the body of, the, uh, of Christ in this place. And, of course, we don't want that. We, we want the fullness of the measure of Christ to be in each one of us. What greater love could there be than to say, God, I will be your disciple. I will follow you fully. I will shape my life around that. And what greater love could there be for people than to say, I want others to have this abundant life as well. I'm not just going to keep this to myself. I'm going to pass this on to those who are willing to, to hear it. And, of course, we talked about the Great Commission, Matthew 28. All authority, says Jesus, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. I am with you to the very end of the age. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, I have all authority. All authority. And in my complete authority, I am commanding you to make disciples to go and to spread this good news, this hope, this abundant life, to spread that to others. You can't keep it for yourself. It's a community thing. And I am telling you, 
says Jesus, go and make disciples of everyone, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, including the last thing which I just commanded you to do, which is to make disciples. In other words, the disciples that you make are supposed to be people who are able to make more disciples as well. Do you see how that's multiplying? It's replicating. It's, it's, it's saying you'll help somebody grow, you'll model it before someone, and, and they'll become, oh, I get this life, and I want to help other people grow as well. And when you're like me and you say, how could we ever do this? I mean, oh, this is so. Then he says, I'm with you. I'm with you even to the very end of the age. We know from the book of Acts, he pours out his Holy Spirit. He says, I will give you the power through the Holy Spirit to do this huge commandment that I've given to you. So that's loving other people. See, we're so tempted to say, this God thing, I want to just live my life, and then I want to sprinkle a little Jesus on top so that it's kind of like nice and religious, you know, and, and, and good. But God is saying, no, are you all in or aren't you? No fence sitters. No one foot on one side and one foot on the other. I want you to jump over the fence. Hey, I've got good news for you. The grass really is greener on God's side of the fence. It really is. It really is. And he wants us on his side of the fence. He doesn't want us to compromise. He doesn't want us to sort of have power over our own lives and then kind of, you know, throw a little religiosity, spirituality into it with the hope that we'll get that benefit too. He says, you want the real life, then be all in. Obey me, Jesus said, if if, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And we find in those, those kind of words the power that he's talking about. So let's look specifically at 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7 that we read today. The first verse is so encouraging. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Not be strong in your own power, because I don't know about you, but I've got about a good 24, maybe 36 hours of like, in me, and then I'm done. I'm done. Like, I can really push it for a while. Maybe I have 48. I don't know. I probably had more when I was younger. But after a while, I'm just like, oh, I've got nothing else. But it's not be strong in your own strength. It's not be strong in your own courage. It's be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. Wow. Be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus, Timothy, because I know these are, in a sense, scary words. Be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus, friends here at Bemis Point UMC, because this is, this is wild stuff, but it's, it's life-changing stuff, and you can be right there with God. It's like, I was saying to somebody out in the, the gallery, it's like uh, a sailing, it's like on those catamarans when you're hanging way off the side to keep the thing balanced, and, and you see those guys, they are way over the water trying to keep those boats balanced. Sometimes God calls us to be way out, way out. But that's exciting. That's where he calls us to be, and he gives us the grace to do it. So then, then and here's the key verse, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Now I want you to notice all the people involved here. The things you... That's Timothy. The things you, Timothy, have heard me, that's Paul. So Paul is like the, 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 the first one, and then Timothy is the one who heard him. 
the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, uh, this is a public thing. This isn't some kind of uh, private secret thing. This is the kind of thing we do in Christian community. The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people. That's the next level. Do you see it goes Paul to Timothy and then reliable people entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Others is the next level. Do you get it? It's like this passing on. Paul, Timothy, reliable people, others. Now, I just want to be really clear about this. I've heard some uh, folks preach this uh, passage. You may look at your Bible and says it says, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. I just want to be clear about this. In the Greek, that word means people. You know, sometimes we say, uh, men meaning all people or all mankind meaning humankind. That's exactly what it says in the Greek. It says all people. It's not a word that is specific only to males. And, and be, I say that because I want to be clear that the call of God is to every single one of us, every single one of us, to be a person who is entrusted with this information and entrusts it to others who will then be, and this is huge, qualified. You might say, well, what quality, qualifications do I have? Hey, you are qualified to be a model and to be uh, a testimony and to be a person who is able to share this stuff. If you have thought it through and, and, and worked through the process and said, okay, I've learned this stuff. I want to pass it on. Then you will be qualified. You will be able to teach. And some people say, well, teach, boy, I don't, I, I'm not a teacher. No, it's not like teach in a classroom. It's like teach what you and I teach every day. We teach people all the time, every day, just by how we live, how we interact with people. Every single one of us is able, if appropriately trained, to be qualified to pass this on to others. And if you flip to the next slide, here you see what I, here's my little sequence here. Me, that's Paul. You've heard it from me. You, that's Timothy. So you've got like the parent, the child, and then Timothy's disciples or the people that he's been training, teaching. Those are the reliable people. That's like Paul's grandchild. See that? Passing on to their, they'll be able to, reliable people, they'll be qualified to teach others. That's the disciples of Timothy's disciples. That's like the great-grandchild of Paul. And you can see how this goes on and on and on. And yes, this is what the church has been doing, but we want to be intentional about this. We want to not just leave this to chance. We want to say, this is what we're set up to do. This is what the whole church system is set up to do. And that's why we're talking about sale so much. Seek Jesus. That's the evangelism part, helping people connect to God through this community of faith. Activate your faith. That's growing in your knowledge and your love of God. That's the fundamentals that we do in order to help us grow. Invest in God's mission. That's being disciplined being a, or discipled, being apprenticed, being trained to become a person who intentionally says, I am supposed to disciple other people and I've been trained to actually do that. And then love completely, which is what we're talking about today. That is the people who say, I know that the call of God on my life, because I'm a Christian, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm a Sunday school teacher, not because I'm a super spiritual person. No, because I'm a broken person who's been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and somebody taught me 
that putting my whole faith and my whole life in Jesus' hands is worth it. I stepped out, did it. I want to share that with somebody else. And I want to share that with them such that they will sense that they will live that power and they will be able to share it with others as well. That's loving completely. That is saying, God, I'm totally in love with you. I'm willing to give myself fully to you and I love my neighbor enough to share with them, to share with them the life abundant that you've given to me, so much so that they can share with others that life and it can be replicated and multiplied and passed on. Sale, love completely, our final category. All we are trying to do here at Bemis Point is not leave this to chance, this process to chance. So many assume that it will just happen unintentionally. You might say to yourself, well, I, I was never part of some kind of intentional system. I just showed up at church and I got it. I've actually helped other people grow. I've actually helped other people find faith or, or grow in their faith. If that's the case, praise God. Sometimes, unintentionally, it comes across. It, it happens. But, but also, you might be somebody who's sitting here going, I just, come on, Bill, I just wanted to come to church. I just wanted this to be a nice day. Can't you just leave me alone? Can't I just get up, come to church, and then walk away and not have it kind of be like this, this all over my life affecting thing? And my answer to you is, no! <laughs> it's not true. If you believe that, that's a total lie. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe that life on my own terms with a little Jesus sprinkled on top is enough. That is not. God calls us to this all in, all in. And he calls us, therefore, to be people who are intentionally sharing that with others. It's not just making a confession of faith and starting to attend worship and then finding a place where we could plug in. That's not the goal of our lives, just to kind of plug in and have our place. No, it's that each one of us would be like this beacon of hope that is able to spread this to other people and, and that their lives would be changed. I think of the moon. Isn't the moon amazing? There is no light that comes from the moon whatsoever. All that moonlight we see is coming right off the sun. It's reflecting off that moon. And people can walk around at night sometimes on a really bright moonlit night because they can see from the light of the moon. That's what God is calling us to be, reflectors He's saying it's not good enough to just be your own personal rock orbiting in the sky. He says you, you're called to reflect and therefore change the lives of folks around you. It's not good enough to just kind of like come and do a little religious stuff. You're called to just to, to, to give your life to the Lord. And what a great thing it is. I mean, I'm here to tell you, if you don't know this, this is the best thing going ever, ever. It's so much better than anything else you can offer as a, as a well, I'd maybe kind of like to rather do this instead. That will be nothing compared to this all in, this sense of love completely that God has to us, for us. To love completely is to be equipped to share what you have, that abundant life, that wholeness awesome life that you have as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, to share that with others such that they get it. They catch the, they catch the disease, in a sense, the good, the, the good disease. 
And, and they're so filled with it, they are able, they're trained to go out and share it with others. To pass from spiritual parent to spiritual child to spiritual grandchild to spiritual great-grandchild. This is the lifestyle we are called to do in following Jesus Christ. Well, that sounds inspiring. And then verse 3 knocks us right back on the ground. Join me, says Paul, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's right. We have to give up stuff when we, when we jump the fence to God's side. It will involve some suffering. It makes me think, however, though, of Psalm 126. These beautiful words. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Those who go onto the football field weeping because they've got to run 50 more sprints because they have to hit the blocks again because they're out for another practice will return rejoicing because of the victory that they won in the big game someday. Friends, those who, of us who say, oh God, following you, do I really have to give up my agenda? Will return with joy saying, this is the best thing ever. This was worth giving everything up. This is why I love that parable of Jesus where he says that the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a treasure in the field. Just a field out there. He finds a treasure in it. He keeps it hidden. He goes out. He buys the field. He sells everything he has to buy the field. And once he buys the field, he's got that giant treasure, which is worth way more than all the junk he had to sell in order to get it in the first place. Wow. Verses 4 through 6. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. Rather, they try to please their commanding officer. When you're learning something, when you're following somebody, you want to please the person who's directing you, who's teaching you. Like the athlete, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. There's no shortcuts. If you take the shortcut in the race, you are disqualified. And in discipleship, there's no shortcut. Hey, there's just three easy steps. If you just do these three easy steps, you know, you'll be all ready. No, it, it's work. It's suffering. It's work. But what happens from that? You receive the crown of victory. And finally, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. What a joy it is to see people's lives change and know I was part. I was part of the sowing of the seed or the watering or the planting or the harvesting, wherever you are in that place. In verse 7, reflect on what I'm saying. For the Lord, this is Paul speaking, the Lord will give you insight into all this. He's saying, soak this in, folks. Let this soak in. Don't miss this message, Timothy. It's a passing down process, and you will be the better for it. Just want to give some practicals to this. Here's a first draft of how it would look if we began to operationalize this sale, Seek Jesus, Activate Your Faith, Invest in God's mission, love completely. You can see that across the top. This is what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. And then across the bottom, seek Jesus is being exposed to Jesus. And activate your faith is knowing and trusting Jesus. Investing in God's mission is following and abiding in Jesus. Loving completely is sharing in Jesus' mission. Loving others around you. And these examples up here are just small examples, small lists of the types of things that this would involve. So seeking Jesus 
is creating connecting experiences. I think of that great mini golf experience we have here in January where we have a whole bunch of people who come into the church and, and do an 18-hole mini golf course throughout this whole church. And there's a lot of unchurched people who come to do that. It's really fun. They sit through worship. They endure it. They suffer through that just so they can putt-putt a little. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's such a great connecting moment. Or cookouts or retreats or service projects. People love to connect through service projects. Or the Alpha Course, which is like a basic course in Christianity. All these are ways that we can connect to people and help them connect to Jesus. The activate your faith stuff is the stuff that, that churches do. We have small groups. We provide places to serve. We teach you how to uh, worship God, the personal worship idea that I would read my Bible and I would have a connection to God. I would learn to pray, that kind of thing. Financial giving, learning to, to give and recognizing how that grows you spiritually. We'd also include in here learning how to share your faith, learning how to talk to others about Christ, and many other things as well. Invest in God's mission. This is the specific discipleship-making process. So we would have discipleship groups and discipleship training. We would work, work on Multiply. That's a thing from Francis Chan or Journey or um, Discipleship Essentials from Greg Ogden. These are all tools that we can use to train people to learn how to disciple other people. And finally, Love Completely, the training of, a 12, of the 12 is a tool there. And those folks simply begin discipling others. It's... How are we going to do this? I, I got news for you. This is like building the boat in the water. God has given us the plan, given us the, the vision. But operationalizing it, that will take time. It's like floating in the water and he's, he's floating us little pieces of wood. And he's saying, you've got some hammer and nails. And I know this is going to be a real pain in the neck. But start trying to hammer those pieces of wood together. And what do you get? You Probably the best thing you can get is a raft. But after that, you can use that to begin to build your boat. And the boat becomes what God uses for his kingdom. Friends, we are building the boat in the water. And it's okay. It is okay to not know what each specific one of these things are. We might get a year down the road and say, oh, wow, we, we said we were going to use that, but we never ended up using it. That's okay. It's okay because we're, we're building the boat in the water. We're just following Jesus. We're out, leaning way out, saying we're along for this ride. And we're going to do this. And do we know how? Not exactly, no. But we know that we can trust God every step of the way. And as we do, I hope that as we go along, you'll see, ah, here's another step of the sail vision coming into place. Oh, here's another person who's going to lead this. Oh, here's another group that fits this. Oh, these people have just been trained and now they're out connecting with other people. It will take time. But this, I believe, is the call of God on our lives. We're so tempted, we are so tempted to measure our success as a church on buildings and budgets and baptisms and bodies in the pew. Do you hear that? How cool our building is, how big our budget is, how many people we baptize and how many people are sitting in the pews. That's what we're tempted to say Whatever this is will determine how faithful we are, how successful we are as a church. But friends, friends, I would suggest to you that the real, the real measure of success is how many folks are disciplers, are trained to disciple other people. Because that, making disciples who make disciples, is life-changing stuff. May we always not build the church 
and hope disciples will happen, may we always make disciples and watch the church flourish as God would want. Let's pray. Lord, a lot here, a lot here to this idea of loving completely, but God, we pray in your grace that you will make us disciple makers and that we will long to share what we have and to do what we can, to share what we've been trained with, to patiently do your work and to trust that your will will be done. Thank you for the privilege we have of following you, of trusting you, of learning to do the fundamentals again and to share those with others that we might be the people you call us to be. Thank you, God. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.